What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Strong Mind, Strong Will podcast. Appreciate everyone tuning in. I haven't hit double digits yet, but we'll get there. I'm a third year econ student, for those of you who don't know me, at the University of California, Santa Barbara, originally from San Diego, California. A little bit about myself. I'm a pretty active person, um, you know, love being outside, going surfing, playing basketball, uh, very focused on sales right now and furthering my business career. Um, actually head a collegiate sales society over at UCSB. So that's a little bit about myself, kind of what I've been uh, prioritizing myself with so far. But over here at the Strong Mind, Strong Will podcast, cover a lot of different topics from self-improvement, starting a sales business career, economic and financial advice, fitness and expert recommended psychological advice. I think we got a really cool episode today. We're talking with a guy that I actually met when I was a freshman in high school playing basketball and known him for a long time, doing really good things, still in basketball and now his professional career. Excited to talk with my guy, Bryce. How you doing today, brother? Hey, what's up, Adam? Yeah, doing doing well, doing well, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, as you said, I'm still in basketball. Um, Going to be a senior at uh, UC San Diego playing for uh, uh, the Tritons. Um, we uh, we went to Division One, uh, I think four four years ago now. So uh, you know we're making some making some noise in the Big West, and uh, you know also uh, like Adam and I talked about, uh, just finished up a internship at Matthews Real Estate Investment Services uh, this summer. Um, you know, looking to start my career in uh, commercial real estate uh, when I'm done uh, with my collegiate uh, athletic career. So excited to excited to talk to you today. Nice, Bryce. Nice. And I know you probably uh, blew a few people's socks away after you mentioned that you're still going for your business career while you're currently playing basketball. And for those of you guys who haven't had the chance to watch Bryce or UCSD play, definitely try to get out to a game. Those guys are fun to watch. Bryce has been killing it. So good stuff there, man. And, you know, great stuff starting your business career. I know uh, we talked a lot about Matthews before because it was an internship I was close to doing. But I don't think there's any better way to start this off than kind of asking you what really made you decide to pursue commercial real estate? Like, was it something that you had heard about the type of people that were in commercial real estate that you felt aligned with who you were as a person? What really drove you there? Yeah, that's a good question. So I had some family friends who were in real estate. A couple of them were on the more of the residential side. But I actually have a, an uncle named uh, Dave Sykes, uh, who he lives in Del Mar and uh he 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 had talked to me about um, you know commercial real estate and how obviously it can be a lucrative career financially if you uh, you know become successful in it and uh, you know interviewed with a, a few places this summer JLL Matthews Marcus and Millichap and uh, over at Matthews I I, I really uh, appreciated that they they understood uh, what it's like to be be an athlete you know be a be a college athlete um, the founder of Matthews is uh, Kyle Matthews. He uh, played football at USC. His brother is Clay Matthews, played for the Packers. So, you know, definitely an athletic family. And, you know, at Matthews, they understand and they believe that athletes, you know, specifically college athletes will translate well to that commercial real estate, um, the industry as a whole. And they think that athletes have what it takes to, to be successful in it. That's crazy. I mean, I know we had talked about it prior about them liking college athletes, but that completely makes sense now. And that's, that's crazy to hear, man. But yeah, dude, I honestly, like, I kind of wanted to ask you about this because I noticed on your LinkedIn and I hadn't known this prior, you're majoring in real estate and development, which obviously goes like really well hand in hand with what you're trying to do right now in commercial real estate. 
Curious what that looks like, because personally, I haven't seen that major at a lot of schools. So I'm just curious what it looks like there. And maybe if you could tell us like some of the classes that are required in that type of major. Yeah. So, you know, that that's one of the reasons that I chose that major is because um, like you said, not a lot of universities around the country have that major. A lot of people have like a real estate minor, but to have it as a major was, you know, I thought that was pretty cool to, you know, take all your classes specifically in in real estate. And another thing I liked about it as well is they they actually prepare you for the real estate license exam. So by the time you graduate, they actually um, have you prepared and they actually have a way where you take the test while you're still in college. Um, so you can get your license and and get started in, you know, whatever job you you select. Over at Matthews, that's something they they harp on a lot. Having a license, being licensed in California is something that's very beneficial. So yeah, those those couple of things were were what drew me to that major. Nice, dude. Yeah. And honestly, kudos to you for choosing a major that you saw was gonna apply to what you wanted to do after school. I think that's like a challenge for a lot of people that go to schools that don't offer these specific majors. They're like, man, I want to do a business career, but like I'm not, you know, passionate about economics or I'm not passionate about finance and accounting. Like, how am I going to have a business career if I major in history or, or something like that? And that's not even to put like any of those people down, but I think that's like a genuine concern from a lot of people because they feel like they're not going to learn the necessary things that they have to uh, in order to be able to thrive after school. So that's really awesome to hear that you're like actually learning things in school that are going to translate over, man. Definitely. And I think a lot of athletes specifically struggle with that. You know, they go into college and they're like, oh, I'm just going to focus on my sport. I'm going to major in communications, whatever. And they get out of college and they're like, their playing career's over. And they're like, dang, like this major didn't, isn't going to serve me that well going forward, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people, like you said, make that mistake. So to choose, uh, you know, a major that's uh, very specialized is uh, something that I'm, I, I'm glad I made that decision. Obviously, the classes and courses have been tougher than, you know, maybe some of the other majors, but it's definitely been worth it. So I'm, I'm grateful that I made that decision. Yeah, it sounds like it, man. And something that you mentioned there, like not a lot of athletes thinking about what major they're doing specifically or perhaps what they want to do after school. Is that something that when you got to college was like always on the back of your head? Like, I want to pursue my professional business career after I finished basketball in college? Or do you think that's something that translated over time during your playing career while you were there? I think it was always like in the back of my mind, you know, a lot of guys, they get into college like, oh, I'm going to play like in the NBA. I mean, Obviously, I'm, I'm going to try to play as well as I can in college. But for me, playing like overseas in other countries doesn't necessarily like excite me as much as maybe other guys. You know, I love I love living in, you know, the United States. You know, it's a it's a great country to live in. I, I want to, you know, start my business career, get started in the workforce as, as soon as I can. You know, I'm, I'm not as interested in going and playing in Europe for 10 years and then coming back and I'm 30 or whatever. And then I'm just getting started in my business career and, you know, you're kind of behind and that doesn't really interest me as much as maybe some other guys. So that was something that was always in the back of my head was kind of thinking about, Hey, what do I want to do? Like after college and when I'm done playing, playing hoops. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, I've, I've always been thinking about that. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, there's definitely like two types of people. I know there's people that like dead set when they start playing college basketball, like they're completely, you know, excited about maybe playing overseas because there's a lot of professional opportunities, obviously outside of the NBA that I don't think a lot of people take into consideration that like actually pay decent money. They just require you to live in different places. But 
it's definitely like cool to hear you talk about you wanting to pursue your professional career. Cause I feel like that's something that's not like, I, I don't know if idolized is the word or like it's the norm, but I feel like people don't automatically think about that usually for college athletes. So it's definitely something different, man. So I applaud you on that. Kind of transitioning towards what you're doing right now in the internship at Matthews. I was wondering if you could just give an insight as to what the world of commercial real estate's looking like right now. I mean, from my broad understanding, warehouses are booming, malls are doing sort of all right, and offices seem to be hurting. But where have you guys seemed to have like the most success in so far this summer? Yeah, I think, you know, as you know, the market's in kind of a, a slow turn right now. It's kind of uh, in a little like mini recession, I'd say. Um, but from what I've heard and like the conversations I've had with some some uh, some brokers, um, it looks like in the next few years, like maybe two years, the market's really going to start to do a lot better and, and turn in the right direction. So that's something to you know keep an eye on for sure. But over at Matthews, I feel like you know retail was something that that was doing um, probably the best. Quick service restaurants, fast food restaurants, specifically even I had a friend of mine, he actually closed a couple of deals this summer, which was pretty sick to see. He was doing like quick service restaurants and like actually car washes and gas stations were something that that he did well in. But, you know, obviously with office space right now, more and more people are working from home after COVID. So that was a market type. I feel like people were maybe shying away from a little bit. And then, you know, multifamily is always pretty steady. People are always going to need a place to live, obviously, no matter what's going on in the economy. But from what I've seen, retail is something that's been uh, the best over at Matthews. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Like you mentioned, like offices are really getting hurt these days with the amount of people working from home, which I know is like worked good for companies in the terms that you get to cut costs. So like it's a pro there, I guess, but I think it also hurts companies like, and this is going off on another point in terms of like not having that face-to-face interaction. I mean, certain businesses, I don't know if that's as important as it is in others, but I definitely think that's like the little trade-off right there that's going on with offices right now. So that's interesting to hear about it from like your perspective on the broker end of it, on the commercial real estate side. You talked a little bit about it already. How did that internship last summer with Psycho Properties go? I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. How did you really go about getting that? And if you could talk a little bit about how you got the one at Matthews too, I know you had already mentioned how they really like athletes and stuff, but curious, like what was your approach to getting both of those internships? Where did you find success? Yeah, so Psycho Properties is actually my my uncle Dave Sykes, his property. Um, that was just like a, a few months. I just did some like financial analysis stuff, uh, some Excel, like pro forma work for him. Um, he was actually working on a deal in uh, Colorado. And he brought me in and had me do some do some work for him on that. And I was, you know, helping him out, making some calls for him, talking to some people on his team. But that that wasn't as like rigorous as obviously Matthews. You know, Matthews was a a bigger challenge to face, especially being an athlete too. That definitely kind of made me hesitant. I was like, is this something I want to do? Like, this is going to, this is a big commitment. You know, obviously the hours are pretty long and intense, but you know, I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for the experience. We actually had a, a, a training platform called Matthews University. So we would do lessons training every day, like four or five lessons every day. You know, Kyle Matthews, the founder of the company, he was in the office for a week. So we got to talk to him and, you know, pick his brain. And obviously he's been done very well running this company. And yeah, it was just a great experience learning from all the, the the brokers in the office. And it was cool seeing that the money is real. Like people are closing deals, you know? Yeah, yeah it's motivating. Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. 
So, you know, you hear about it, but it's it's one thing to hear about. It. It's another thing to to see it firsthand, you know, see people yeah. ringing, ringing the bell, you know, so to speak, right? No, definitely. When you're around other people in that sort of competitive environment, even if you're not like the most passionate about what you're doing, it's still, if you're a competitive person, you're going to find a way to try to come out on top. But curious, like, I'm assuming you probably leveraged your internship with Psycho Properties before. Like, how was the interview process with Matthews? Did you just like apply online? Like, how did you get their attention? Yeah, so I had a, a college counselor who I approached. Her name's Jennifer. She runs the real estate major at UC San Diego. So I had a meeting with her and um, I, I asked her, like, you know, where do you think it would be cool for me to internship at, uh, do an internship at? And she she brought up Matthews as one of the potential candidates and she connected me with a few people who had done internships in Matthews and I talked to them and got their, I guess, experience uh, firsthand um, and how, how it was for them. I contacted uh, Keegan Malkehi, who runs the San Diego office and uh, went in, did a face-to-face -face interview for about hour, hour and a half. I knew it went pretty well. You know, at the end of it, you know, he told me he'd love to have me and you know, thought about it for a few days and I uh, figured that it was the the right decision to to make for me. Good stuff, man. And you're honestly making me jealous like that I don't go to UCSD at this point, dude. Like you guys got the real estate major and a counselor that's hooking you up with like an internship as good as Matthews. That's awesome, dude. That's why I always like to ask people where they got their internship from, because I think the coolest ones are always like the most unconventional routes. I think when you really look for those ones that are either hidden, like non-formal postings or do like a route, like you said, like consult your college counselor, you end up finding something that really is where you align as opposed to like, if you just go online and you're trying to submit 200 applications and then you get five responses, you're like, well, maybe I should interview with them. I think that's cool that you went and took that in your hands and uh, followed through with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think going with your connections is usually the best route to go. As you said, if you're just applying online, like you're competing against a lot of other applicants and you know, that that's not a probably the best way to to go about looking for whether it's internships or full-time positions. So I agree with you. Yeah, definitely. And not even to harp on this too much. I'm sure you feel the same way about it, but like the power of networking is like so real, especially in today's day and age where there's LinkedIn. I mean, the most important tool you can use for networking. It's like the only way you'd ever be able to find someone that's directly relevant to what you're trying to do and then have a potential of wanting to hear you out at the click of a finger. So for anyone that doesn't already have a LinkedIn, download it. It's free. Make, a, make an account, take a picture. Definitely would advocate for that. But Bryce, we talked about how Matthews likes athletes. The Clay Matthews thing was a cool thing to tie in there. But I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about the aspects that you've taken from your sports career and sort of the lessons that have tied into your business career thus far. What can you say about that? I think being, you know, disciplined from sports, obviously having to go to, you know, early practices, 7 a.m. practices, three-hour practices, having to go to weights after, having to go to class after that. Your day is very structured as a college athlete, you know. And I think that translates well to a company like Matthews because as you talked about earlier, you know, it, it is a lot of work. It's rigorous. There's a lot of days where you wake up and you're like, ah, oh, I don't know if I want to go today, but like, I feel like being an athlete and having that, you know, wherewithal to realize that, you know, I have to show up. It's like practice. You're not just going to 
mispractice, you know, just because you feel like it. There's consequences to missing things like that. And I think that's something that translates really well. And then also like the competitive aspect, you want to be the best at what you're doing. And as far as like, you know, calling people, you want to make the most phone calls, you want to present the most proposals, you want to have the most meetings. So I think from a competitive aspect, I think it's also very, translates very well to commercial real estate and Matthews specifically. Oh, definitely, dude. But Bryce, I'm also a little curious to hear, I know we talked about how like being in that environment with other people around you that are closing deals, obviously that's going to entice that competitive nature out of you. But what really motivates you about commercial real estate that brings that competitive edge out of you? Like, do you feel like you would have had that if you were doing some other type of internship? What is it about commercial real estate that really drives that aspect? A lot of the reasons because uh, it's mostly like commission-based. It's kind of like you're, you're almost working for yourself in a way. You're not really working for anyone else. It's like the productivity that you produce is what determines, you know, how much money you make. I think it's also very exponential. You know, it's like you close one deal, then the next deal is easier. And then the next deal after that's easier. And it just kind of, it starts to become like dominoes just falling. And it's like, the more money you make, it's like the more people are willing to pay you, you know? And so it's like yeah. that part of it's very enticing as well. And then I think another thing that I wanted to bring up too, is like, I think commercial real estate is definitely not for everyone. You know, I think it takes a certain personality. You have to be somewhat outgoing, you know, you can't be, you know, like you said, scared to make calls or go up and talk to your colleague. You know, you, you have to really be able to get out of your comfort zone. I think that's something that is very important. And, and that's the advice. The advice I would give to people that are interested in commercial real estate is that you got to be ready. Like this isn't your average industry. I love that you harped on that dude, because being able to put yourself out there is important in commercial real estate and so many other industries, whether it's a job where you're constantly having to make calls to customers or potential prospects, or you're just needing to communicate with the people in the office, being able to put yourself out there is super important no matter what industry you're in. But Bryce, I think you're a good person to speak on this. Just being as a college athlete, what can you say for other college athletes that are looking to start their business careers? What's some general advice you would throw out there to them? First step is just thinking about it, you know, keeping it in, you know, in the back of your mind. Um, I guess having more of a long-term approach to it and realizing basketball or whatever sport you're playing isn't going to last forever. And unless you're lucky enough or fortunate enough to play in the NBA or whatever it is, you need to start thinking about, what you're going to do post-playing. And then I think what helped me was I, I talked to my coaches a lot about it. I had conversations with my coaches before I started this internship. I wanted to let them know like, Hey, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm doing. Like I may have to miss maybe a couple practices or whatever, miss a couple meetings, but like, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm thinking about. And I think, you know, having those conversations with, with your coaches and whether it be head coach, assistant coaches, I think that's very beneficial. And, you know, also what helped me is like, not to like, but like I have a really good spot on my team. So like, it's not like I'm worried about like playing time, not being on scholarship or whatever it is. Like I have a really good situation. So I think that, that actually gave me the freedom to like say, Hey, I, I can go do an internship. I know like my coaches will be completely fine with that. Dude, that's so cool. Like to hear about how chill Matthews was around working around your schedule and your coaches as well. And the fact that you were willing to want to go get this professional experience, like you mentioned, you have a good spot on the team. It's like you could have just stayed in your zone doing what you were doing and that life probably would have been great, right? But the fact that you chose to push yourself out of your comfort zone and try to do something productive in terms of furthering your professional career, massive respect, man, because I think 
that's a challenge and a leap that you didn't have to take. And it just shows that that's what you want to do, man. So good stuff. But I think that also sort of ties into my next question, because I'm sure everyone listening to this is like, how does this guy work a full-time job in commercial real estate in the summer and then manage to be on a division one basketball team at his level? So anything you can say about how you've been able to manage your time throughout this whole summer and this process of furthering your career or just like how you've managed your tasks in an efficient manner? I think, you know, there's, like you said, there's some sacrifices involved, you know, some nights where I may have wanted to go out with friends. I had to go to sleep early because I knew I had to wake up early. And I think just having a long-term vision and understanding too, that like this, I knew this internship wasn't going to be last forever. You know, it's like a two month process. I knew that these, those two months would be a grind, but you know, I had some things to look forward to. I'm actually going to Italy with my basketball team in like a week. So stoked about that. Um, So I think just having things to look forward to kind of push me and and uh, allow me to have that, you know, structure to, uh, you know, go from, you know, I had to wake up at like 5 a.m., go to work and then go from work to practice and then sometimes from practice back to work. So like you said, it was definitely a lot, a lot of time management, but I think just understanding that it wasn't, it was just a two month process, you know, wasn't going to last forever. So just staying, staying focused, staying disciplined. I think that got me through. Yeah, good stuff, man. And like immediately I think about like when you said that times of my life where I felt like overwhelmed with other things and probably was like more stressed about it than I needed to be, realizing that things aren't always long-term the way you see them in the moment. So I'm no psychological advisor out there, but I would say that it's probably smarter if you're in a bad situation where you're not even a bad situation, a situation where you're under a lot of stress because you're doing a lot of different types of work. Try to take into account that it's probably not going to last forever and times do ease up and times get hard again. So you got to be able to roll with the tide, which I think you really explained well there. So appreciate that, man. And I want to ask you, I mean, obviously you're a D1 athlete. This is to be assumed that I was going to ask this dude, what are your thoughts on NIL? Have you experienced anything with it so far? I don't know if you tried to go out there, maybe secure a liquid IV sponsorship or something, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> curious to hear uh, what you think about NIL maybe a little bit more on the aspect too if, is it only the really popular players like now we're seeing Bronny James he's making like few million at least right and then there's other guys that aren't as well known I think uh, ranked number 100 on ESPN hoops now Devin Cambridge he's making like 87k so it's almost like these guys are on salary now curious what you think of NIL and just like how that pay ratio works I think it's good for you know college athletics and you know, specifically college basketball. I think it's, I mean, I think it makes sense. It's a, it's about time, you know, I think for some of these guys um, that are like big time college basketball players, like for them not to be paid anything is like pretty ridiculous. You know, they put jerseys up of guys, t-shirts, and then they just make all the money without giving any of it to the players. I think it's, uh, it's definitely good for college athletics moving forward. For myself personally, I I have seen um, a little bit of it. You know, I actually have like a manager, I guess. I've done some work with some like local, uh, you know, restaurants and like car shops and car washes. And so I've actually been able to benefit a little bit off of NIL. And then also at UC San Diego, this year they're putting into place, all the guys who are on scholarship are going to get an extra, I think roughly like a thousand dollars a month. So that's, oh, that's sick. Yeah. Not bad, you know, so even we may not be the biggest program, but like even us, you know, we're seeing the benefits of it, which is, which is really cool. Dude. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I had no idea like schools were looking out like that for every single player on the team. That's amazing. And 
honestly, I figured that you'd probably be able to benefit it off of it being like your status on the team right now. I told you I used to go to Gonzaga and I remember during my time there, like there's this dude, Drew Timmy, which I know some people will be familiar with. He was just like very good college basketball player, but I think he realized early on that he wasn't going to be an NBA player, but he'd be a really good college basketball player. And that guy's like an amazing example of someone who like really took advantage of NIL. I mean, if you've ever heard about like the uh, stereotypical like athlete, you know, car dealership sponsor, like that's him, bro. Like he, he secured every single NIL sponsorship that he could. And like kudos on him, dude. He's probably, he probably made more money during that time than, he'll uh, be seen like in the years coming. So I think it's definitely smart for athletes to take advantage of that. But uh, yeah, Bryce, man, appreciate you joining us today. I really think it was a cool podcast being able to discuss your role on the team and the fact that you're trying to pursue a professional career right now, commercial real estate, the challenges that have come along with that, the excitements, and then going into NIL, man, because that's an interesting topic. And I know a lot of people want to hear about it. Everyone's got their own opinion. So appreciate you taking the time, man, and loved having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was uh, was a good time. All right, everybody. This has been another episode of the Strong Mind, Strong Will podcast. Appreciate you guys all for tuning in. Hopefully, you guys were able to take away something about the world of commercial real estate right now, as well as Bryce's experience over there playing at UCSD while pursuing his professional career at Matthews Real Estate Investment Services. And I hope you guys also enjoyed how we talked about NIL. I know that's an interesting topic and it's very hot right now. So hopefully, you guys saw some value in that. But if you guys want to check us out on Instagram at Strong Mind, Strong Will, as well as leave a like and a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, really appreciate it. And until next time, this has been the Strong Mind, Strong Will Podcast.